It's happy hour again from Central City, New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com, brought to us today by our friends at Petite Pet Care. If you're going out of town for the summer, if you have a school or work schedule that keeps you away from home, the folks at Petite Pet Care understand that some pets are fine going to a kennel or doggy daycare, but others prefer the comfort of their own home. Who doesn't, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Petite Pet Care are insured, bonded, pet cross, what? Red Cross Pet CPR and First Aid Certified. But most importantly, they love animals. For love and care when you're not there, Petite Pet Care are. You can find them at PetitePetCare.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar store, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limo or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans. And this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleans in a bar, in this case, we're at Casa Borrega on Aretha Council Haley Boulevard in Central City, New Orleans. Casa Borrega is a bar, it's a live music venue, and it's a restaurant as well. Come down here and get a drink, get a meal, kind of Mexican style, or listen to some Latin jazz mostly, and uh, join us for the next 60 minutes, as this is our last time at Casa Borrega. We're leaving here after today. So make the most of it, everybody here around the table. Let me introduce you to my special guest today. On happy hour. To my left, Yolanda Butler is pointing at something. What, do you want another drink already? Yeah. We haven't even started the show and you're already on your second drink? Re- yes. Really? Yes. No, ha- it's, it's, it's my first. I, it it's was, your first. I just couldn't I reach see. it. And yeah. so I was pointing to Graham. It's your so. first drink, but you couldn't reach it. Yes. Okay. Okay, well, let's start that again. Yolanda Butler is the co-owner of the catering company, Two Girls and a Spoon. Which one are you? I am one of the, the girls. first girl. Yes. The first girl. Yes. Yolanda was born and raised in Central City, New Orleans, right here. That's correct. Wow, you don't meet those people very often. You're one of the very few left alive. Actually. Yeah, yeah, actually, I am a native New Orleans, and I'm very proud of my city. Yeah, yes. this is quite a place to have grown up around here in Central. Let's talk about that in a minute. You says here you went straight from high school to work in human resources at the Whitney Bank. I did. Come on. Well, we got that right, Graham. So far, that's good news. <laughs> Finding the banking lifestyle left something to be desired in terms of excitement. Yolanda went overboard in the other direction and joined the army. I did. Oh, my goodness. After three years of driving a military truck. Okay, thank God. You don't, know, you don't know any like physical stuff like special forces crap or anything, do you? Um, I would have to kill you if I mm. told you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could do that later. <laughs> Let me just get through the rest of the show first. You came back to New Orleans, it says here, and became, <laughs> became a respiratory therapist. Why is that so funny exactly? Because uh, I just, I don't know. I, I, was, I was random in what I wanted to do. I was kind of fine myself, so. You found yourself breathing. I did. Come on. I did. So there's a little sort of medical show here today. Until, <laughs> it says here, until the call of food got to be too strong and Yolanda realized that having her own catering company gave her an excuse to start drinking her signature lemon thyme martinis earlier in the day. That is correct. That's nice. Okay, so you make lemon thyme martinis. <laughs> I do. And thyme is spelled T-H-Y-M-E in this case. Yes, it is. And it's very delicious. What does it taste like? Lemon and thyme. What does thyme taste like? What is it in mostly? It's not in a martini. Christian? Sam and Garfunkel song, I think. That's right. Yeah. Yep. That's Parsley Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme. Yeah. Right. yeah, it's one fifth of that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what does it taste like, Thyme? Any idea, Andrew? Yeah, what like it always reminds me of a whole chicken, roast chicken always. Well, it doesn't always, but it has thyme in it sometimes. Do you use thyme in the chicken cooking? I do. Brine. brine. It's good in brine. It's brine thyme. You brine meat. Really? Yep. With thyme. Yep. Okay, we've learned something already today. Yolanda will come back to you in just a minute. Let me introduce you in the meantime to Dr. Keith LeBlanc. Hello, Keith. Hello. How are you? Great. Dr. Keith LeBlanc leads the team at the Skin Surgery Center. That's the best name you could come up with for that business. Skin Surgery. That is one of the least appealing things I've ever heard. Nobody ever really wants to see me. Mm. 
<laughs> but that's what I do. I just do skin surgery. Skin, so. You couldn't think of another ni- name, though, like well, Magnolia. Con- no, it was like the, the Dave Matthews Band version of a medical title, right? Mm. I, Dave I, Matthews I, Band yeah. is Dave Matthews Band. Correct. But and I just is, do skin surgery. Mm. So that's what you just called it, the Skin Surgery Center? Pretty much. Why it's is it spelled center? C-E-N-T-R-E. We like were trying to kind of sophisticate ourselves a little bit, uh, I think. Mm. So if you're going to get skin surgery, you might as well think do it in a sophisticated, do it a sophisticated exactly. guy called Keith LeBlanc. Exactly. Okay. Mm. Keith LeBlanc is not that sophisticated a name. You should have changed your name. Maybe it's not too late. Not here, but you would, you know, living anywhere else other than Louisiana, if anybody pronounces it correctly, buy a lotto ticket. What is it normally? What do you hear? LeBlanc. Uh, Le, LeBlanc. Right. It's, it's very... It's anything other than the correct pronunciation. Yeah, well, that's pretty standard, though. I mean, it looks like Lee Blank or something, doesn't it? There you go. So it's, so it's exotic in other places, but not in Metairie, I wouldn't think. No, no, it's not. Not, not anywhere in Louisiana. It's good for telemarketers, though. I know when it's yeah, exactly. not somebody Someone I want to talk, talk to. Yeah. Exactly. So you're the team leader at the Skin Surgery Center of Metairie, where you perform surgical and cosmetic treatments, okay, to maximize the health and appearance of the skin. The center specializes in Mohs. Is that how you pronounce that? That is correct. Mohs, M-O-H-S. Mohs Micrographic Surgery and Reconstruction, as well as the latest minimally invasive cosmetic procedures. Well, that's always good to know you have minimally invasive cosmetic procedures rather than like like have your whole face sliced open. <laughs> exactly. Just to end up looking better. I'm, I like whoever wrote this. Very nice. Uh, including botulinum toxins. Okay. What is that? Botox. It is. Soft tissue fillers, chemical peels, and anti-aging skincare regimens. Dr. Keith is an authority on skin cancer. Okay, finally something serious. There you go. All right. An MD Anderson accredited dermatologist. Okay, so you're a real doctor. Yes. You're not just a guy who makes, does Botox shots. N- no. no. Okay. Have you had Botox? You look great. I did one time. When I first learned how to do Botox about seven or eight years ago, my mentor said, I'm not going to teach you how to do this unless you've done it yourself. Well. So kind of against my better judgment hmm. but why is it against your better judgment well I, it's not something that i would have done at 25 just, years old just one was it like in one eyebrow so you <laughs> kind of right like exactly i had a, i had an elvis slash the rock <laughs> yeah. look for like three months no it was I, I did my forehead one time but it don't botox only lasts about but three it was in college and, I, and, and you know it's exactly a, it was a phase <laughs> i don't like to talk about it now exactly what does it feel like to have it done then it's really not painful it's done with a diabetic injection needle so it's a 30 gauge needle it's very it's very small. diabetic not what does the, that mean? The, the needle itself, the syringe itself, is the same syringe that diabetics give themselves insulin oh, shots see. with. So it's it's teeny tiny. Um, so no, smaller it's than Cajun injector then. Smaller than a Cajun injector, okay. exactly, <laughs> exactly. A Cajun injector works though. You know, we do what we need to do here in sure. Louisiana, and if a Cajun injector is all I got, then that's what I go with. Right. Tur- turkey baster? You ever tried with turkey? Yeah. Have not. Have not. <laughs> what else can I say about you? You've been leading uh, the charge here and locally. It says for National Skin Cancer Awareness Month. It is, oh, yeah, very good. It's, it's a timely uh, appearance here on Happy it Hour. Is. May is Skin Cancer you. Awareness Month. This so. is a good place to, uh, to, I would imagine this is a, place, a good place to not get skin cancer because I hardly go in the sun here without burning up to death in about a minute. Well, one, we'll chat about sunscreens and all that good stuff and hopefully people okay. won't burn to death. All right. Vanessa <laughs> Neiman is sitting across the table from you as well. Hi, Vanessa. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great, Listen thanks. Listen to this description of you. It says, Vanessa's been described as an attractive songbird. So far, yes. Correct. Thank you. An attractive songbird armed with powerhouse vocals and serious songwriting. Better known in New Orleans as Gal Holiday, the front person for Gal Holiday in the Honky Tonk Review. Vanessa has led the band for close to 10 years. That's been going on now. Yes. August. This August will be 10 years. Oh, my goodness. Have you lived here that whole time? I have. I actually moved here in 1999. 
So, so that was about 103 years ago now. That's right. Something like that, right? I can't really figure that out. Uh, playing their own music and classics from the likes of Hank Williams in the authentic Western swing and country dance hall style, Gail Holiday racks up gigs across the country, including opening for Lyle Lovett at this year's Jazz Fest, which was an awesome set. Yeah, that was a great what day, a day out there. What a day. And the band is about to embark on their first international tour. Congratulations. Thank you very much. That's We're exciting. exciting, isn't it? Gail Holiday and the Honky Tonk Review's third record, The Last to Leave, it's called. It has just come out. How's it doing? It's doing pretty well, actually. Um, you know, we don't play uh, we don't play country music that gets air- airplay on um, modern country stations. So um, well, there's we're only on about the three people who do. Yeah, so um, we're on the what's called the Americana charts, um, along with lots of other lots of other uh, amazing musicians. It's not just it's not really just country music. It's like old time and you know all that. Well, kind you're of not. I wouldn't stuff. call you country. Is it? Do you call yourself country? You know, we are country. I mean, the stuff that we play is the older stuff is definitely the country. You know, is definitely country. But we've taken with our songwriting. We've taken it a little bit more in the Americana right. kind of vein. But, I mean, we definitely play honky-tonk, and we're a dance band. So. You're a honky-tonk review. After. Yeah. I would yeah. have called you Western Swing, which is more sophisticated, like LeBlanc. Yeah, we're kind of, we do, like, the review is spelled R-E-V-U-E, you know? And so it's a review. We, we started off kind of doing everything from Western Swing to Old Blues, which was a lot of Western Swing, and also the honky-tonk stuff, the real... And then the 70s kind of stuff as well. So we did it like the ran the gamut of everything from Western Swing to Rockabilly to Honky Tonk. So that's where the review comes from. Right. Like Center R-E and Review U-E. Yeah. You guys could team up with <laughs> the Honky Tonk Review Center. Christian Unruh is also joining us here today. You probably heard Christian's name if you listen to the show ever. At the very end of the show, it says our music director is Christian Unruh. And here he is live in person. He normally never Whoa, shows up here. This but is he weird. Should. Isn't this great? This Andrew? is like Oz. I don't I'm normally wake up this early. Mm. <laughs> you look fabulous for a man who normally sleeps through, through happy hour cocktail time. Yeah, I and figured it was the last show here. I'd try to You've got to make an effort. It's so effort good to, to see you. It's awesome to see you. Did you bring us any, any gifts like you were promising at some point? <coughs> um, Vanessa. Vanessa, Aww. thank you very much. <laughs> Christian books all the music on our show. We've never had a bad day of music on the show in three years we've been doing this. So thank you so well, much for everything the, you've done. Yeah, all the musicians and Andrew yeah. especially has made things uh, Andrew Duhon has made a lot huge, easier. Yeah. Thanks for huge having difference us, to our show. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did bring a medical. It's funny because it seems like I show up. When I do show up, it's the right show. Have you noticed that? Yes, yeah. you've got something. So you've far. got a medical. I got a medical thing. So <laughs> <laughs> I get I get that a lot. Like, a, hey, uh, it's really nice to meet you. Can uh, you got, come in the other room? Can and you look, look at this, this thing yeah, this on the back, back of my? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give Andrew Duhon a real introduction because we haven't done that. Andrew Duhon is our happy our troubadour who wanders around the country and around the world, and then occasionally wanders back here. Yeah. This time, for the last time, to Casa Borrega. But on to pastures unknown. Exactly. On to oh. bigger and better things next week, or you know, maybe even later tonight. Perhaps. We'll light out for the Northern Territories. Exactly. So, Andrew, welcome back. I mean, you were here last week as well, so welcome back from nowhere. Yeah. This time. So, where shall I start, Andrew? What do you think? Skin surgery or driving a truck in the Army? I'm still still just trying to think of a good name for the skin surgery (laughs) place. Yeah. We've got to come up with a better name. What what rhymes with dermis besides thermos? Hmm. Hmm. Thermos and dermis. What else? Or derma. Like mm. dermatology. So you're mm. a dermatologist, is I, that right? I, I yeah. am, yeah. 
What made you want to be a dermatologist Germ. as opposed to something else? Um, <laughs> actually, Why did you go into gynecology, for example? It's a bit of a roundabout story. I, I played rugby for eight years and saw a lot of... I didn't think it was going to start there. Yeah, hmm. see, okay. I, I try to be unexpected, especially right. on shows like this. Okay. So uh, I thought I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon, but... How many um, shows have you done like this? Uh, exactly zero. Okay. So, so I, this is I uncharted a, territory. Exactly. I have a long tradition of doing that that began 13 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> have we been here for 13 minutes already and we still haven't got a story about dermatology? 14. Rugby, yeah. 14. 14, now. okay. There you go. So you played rugby, whereabouts? Uh, I played here in high school, actually, and then I... In New Orleans. You grew up in New Orleans. Too. I did. I, I grew up here. Where'd you yeah. go to high school, bro? There you go. <laughs> I, I went to Jesuit. <laughs> ah, right on, bro. Thank you. <laughs> I went to Rommel, Rommel Reddy's, you know, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I played rugby here, and then I went and played in, in college as well, um, and crap. saw a lot of good good compound fractures and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, I thought you would have ended up being an orthopedic surgeon. And that's what I thought, too. And then I got to that point, and everybody was asleep. So um, I, I, I like to talk. What? Which I guess it's good why I'm here. I mean, everybody here, was asleep. Well, all the patients were asleep. You get to know your nursing staff and everything pretty well. But right. what, what most folks don't realize about what I do, patients are awake. So while I'm doing nasal reconstruction, we're going to chat about your grandkids. Mm. Um why are you looking at me when you say nasal reconstruction? No, Nothing I, personal. I, I, no, no, it was the grandkids. It was the grandkids. It was, you know, oh. we're just. <laughs> no, so everything I do is under local anesthesia, so patients are awake and we can kind of chat about. Okay, this is the scariest thing I've heard. I didn't know that. So if I go in for a facelift, I'm awake. No, so I don't. I don't do cosmetic procedures like facelifts. Most of oh, okay. what, what Mo's surgery is, and we kind of Fred Mo's was a guy. His name was Frederick Mo's. He's passed now, but I get a lot of patients come in and say I'm I'm here for nose surgery, and we do a lot of Mo's on noses um so it's called mo's micrographic and and so what we do is i didn't call it fred's micrographic i know it's better than mo's i guess yeah. but i i wasn't fred's around. micrographic like you could call it captain fred <laughs> that would be a good name i'm for here for captain place. fred surgery it could yeah. be the captain fred center we may change that we got to talk to the captain? louisiana yeah louisiana department think? of revenue get a new tax yeah. id number we'll, we'll be it's good getting better More, um, getting warmer <laughs> okay i think we'll put that on the list write that down captain <laughs> fred's discount <laughs> yeah. Captain, I'm gonna write that down. Captain Fred's discount mm -hmm. skin surgery. There right. you go. Okay, so I have a question. How? What percentage of the patients that you have have some sort of ailment, and which which percentage are just getting cosmetic things done? The the practice that I run is probably ninety to ninety five percent, if not even more than that, skin cancer Vain. removal and reconstruction, oh, okay. and then five to ten percent mm. cosmetics. Um, so you could lose the whole cosmetic thing, and I, you wouldn't I, even. I probably be I probably could. I'm trained in it. It's fun. I like to do it, but at the same time, uh, the people that are referring me skin cancer do cosmetics as well, so I can't. I don't, mm. I don't market that. Oh, so you're being referred by other dermatologists. Exactly. You go to your dermatologist, they do a biopsy, and let's say it's something on your nose or your face or an area that they don't want to work on. They do a biopsy. What, what other area would they not like to work on? Well, it, particularly large lesions anywhere else on the body. A lot of people don't realize general dermatologists do a decent amount of surgery. So if you have a mole on your back, for example, yes. um, they, they probably do the removal as long as it wasn't a particularly large lesion. Mm -hmm. um, larger things or things in cosmetically sensitive areas where you don't want to create defects that are bigger than they need to be, they come to me. Vanessa, have you had surgery? Uh, yeah, I've, had a, oh, I've actually had a couple sky. surgeries, oh but this one Lord. was done while I was awake. I went to see my friend Vince, and he said... Hey, while well, you're here. And he said, well, I had a, I had a, um, a cyst that had grown around. It was like marble, size of a marble, and he said... Um, he said, we could just do this right here, right now. I'm like, right now? You know, you kind of freak out. You start right. to shake. He's like, yeah. He's like, he pulls out a needle and he sticks it in my neck. And just one thing. First of all, he was a doctor, I assume. Yes. My friend Vince. <laughs> I just wonder if he... Is he still Dr. your friend? Dr. Vince. That Dr. Vince, oh, okay. yes. Yes. He gave okay. me a pretty righteous scar, so it's amazing. He's got a, yeah. a huge scar right on your neck. I was actually just wondering, could you, could you just like 
give scars as if they were tattoos, just kind of, you know... Could you give me one of those? <laughs> Don't start this, Andrew. I, I, I have never had that request one? before. I, I'll I think about. That. I'll How think much? about that. I, I don't. That's a good question. Like right I, across I, the cheek. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like an Al Pacino type yeah, of deal. Yeah. I, I've never had that request. I'll, I'll think about it for the next forty-three minutes, and Why don't we'll you get to that. Peter Dinkley from just the get Game a knife of Thrones. We could do it right here. There yeah. You guys got a knife back there for cutting. I want a Game of Thrones scar. Come on. You prefer serrated or unserrated? We. Oh, definitely serrated. Okay, so Vince gave you a shot in the neck then yeah. and whacked out that cyst. How, it was yeah. just big of a marble. Do you still have the cyst? Did he give it to you? Oh, no. I, I wouldn't have wanted it. I mean, I guess I could have put it in some kind of, pre, you know, preserved it in some way. It was well, pretty yeah. disgusting. But he's not a dermatologist. Yeah. Look at the size of that scar and how many stitches was that a lot? I know, yeah. So you wouldn't have done that, good. Keith, right? You would have done it like a micro But it was free. <laughs> wow. Free. <laughs> I, I'm just discount. I'm not free. But, yeah. uh, but scars, <laughs> a scar like that is kind of... It's nice. cool. It's great. It's kind of sexy, kind of top. You know, you can it's talk awesome. about do you, it. Do you have like a, a, a story at set break if somebody asks you at the bar what it's about? Do you have a good story that you made up about a bar fight with broken you know, bottle? Yeah, something. I should make up a good story yeah. like uh, that. We yeah. can do that. Too, holiday too. attacked by you know rival fan. You know, well, you know <laughs> something good. You know, you could say you're underwent after you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, with, with the spoon. <laughs> They say there's no such thing as bad advertising, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's the other girl with the spoon? We haven't even talked about the rugby. We'll get back to rugby in a minute. Who's the other girl with the spoon? The other girl is Nettie. Nettie. Yes, Nettie Jones. Nettie Jones? Yes. And yes. Yolanda Butler. That's got a good ring yeah, to it. Yeah, we've been colleagues for about 15 years in the medical field. She's also a respiratory therapist. No longer. So she quit too? Yes. Wow. So what did you? what is respiratory therapy exactly? It is... It's, we deal with any kind of lung disease, asthma, ventilator, okay. tracheotomy patients. Yeah. Holy crap. Tracheotomy yeah. it's, patients. It's a very serious thing. It's not fun. So So how long did you do that for? For 15 years. So you had no fun for 15 years? No fun. Mm. Holy crap. That's a serious business. Do you get paid a lot of money for that? Um, it's decent. Yeah. What are you doing for But mo- you, you definitely don't do it for the money. Yeah, you don't do it. Well, it's not fun and there's no money in it. Yeah. So it's what the fuck? It's happened? a job. It's a job, but you can't go into it thinking, oh, I'm going to do this because I want to make a lot of money because it's a lot of stuff that you have to do, and it's very serious. So you have to actually care about For, people. But you're helping to people, do, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why you yeah. do it. It's kind of important, yeah. <laughs> so you feel good at the end of the day. You've done something good for someone. You do. What do you actually do for them? You help them breathe. I guess that's rather it's essential. It's kind of important. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's basic. very important. Yeah. Yeah. So how, many, how many people did you kill over the 15 uh, Oh, no. One. None? None. Wow. Perfect record. Nice Keith, work. how many have you killed? <laughs> I, I'm at a zero. I'm, I'm batting zero as well. Geez, things are good here. Very good. That is good. Yes. Okay, so I'll come back to, you know, respiratory therapy mm-hmm. in a minute, because I know you, want, you don't want to talk about that at all, probably, do you? No, I don't. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. let's talk about <laughs> I tell you what I do want to know about driving a truck in the Army, but two things first. Rugby, and then a song. What do you think? And then we'll talk about trucks in the, driving trucks in the Army. Sounds and then great. we have the most incredible medical breakthrough of all time to tell you about as well. So I've got a lot going on here today. But So tell us about rugby. So you started playing rugby in college and then... I, I did. I thought I was going to do orthopedics. Because um, everyone's asleep. Everybody was asleep. I like to talk. I like to figure out what makes my patients tick. And so uh, when you get to that stage of medicine where you know you want to operate and work with your hands, but you want patients to be able to respond, it's either ophthalmology or... Uh, 
or dermatology, and in my circumstance, teeth, snot, and eyeballs are like my three bugaboos. Hey, what do you got against snot? <laughs> yeah, see, I don't do tra- like I can do blood, I can do guts. That stuff doesn't bother me. Trachs are like the worst thing in the world. Why? Like, it's the sounds that they make. You with Ooh. me on that? You yeah. Want, yeah, it's it's it just. Yolanda, can you give us some sound? Typical sounds from a day at the. That what? <laughs> no, that, that's not it. It's kind of more of like a like a phlegmy sound. It's just bad. Trach, trachs are rough. They I, are. I can take some stabs in the dark here, but I, I feel like no you would be better at it. Than <laughs> no, no. Have, have, you, have you all seen that new show, Silicon Valley? Anybody no. seen Silicon no. Valley on HBO? Is that, it on TV? It that is. It's, it's, it it's on good. HBO. It's pretty funny, but one of the guys, that when he gets uncomfortable, he makes a sound kind of like this. He goes, uh. <sighs> and, and that's kind of trachy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is very good. Yeah, it's not a good thing. <laughs> just as a matter of interest, what exactly is a trach? Is that the hole in the throat, the tracheotomy? Yes, yes. And so you, the, you have to suction the, out. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, she got Can you. we have a song? She had you <laughs> suction. I don't care about rugby. I want a song <laughs> now. Okay. <laughs> you suction it out with what? With a, with not with, with not a, sucking it out. With, no, with a catheter. With, siphon, with a catheter. Yes. Crazy and straw. Do you, ha- that do, you have, <laughs> do you have to do that while you're there? Can you say, I'll be right back? You, I'm going to leave this t- turned on like a sump No, pump. because you have to use your hand as a vacuum over the port and you, you suction. <clears throat> You have wow. to clear the airway. Yes. Mm. I think We're Christian wants a song. I really want a song. <laughs> you don't like this kind of talk. You're squeamish no, you, about you this. Know, yeah. I have a couple of things that bother me. Really? I don't think I'm going to be doing any respiratory <laughs> tracheotomy clearings. No, no. Although I've heard it, I've heard it said though, right? I mean, I've seen it actually done, have like you? on Why? some videos and stuff. Would like, it? well, we're, if you can actually put a like a, a pen tube, like if you yes. have an emergency. I saw that on Melrose Place. Yeah, I saw it on something. I yeah, don't know. a number of times. Lifeguard training they make us yeah, do that. Yeah, all kinds of things. Yeah, you're a lifeguard. Practice. Well, I try to stay certified just in case. I and you have to learn to stab people in the front with a pen. <laughs> they no, they show how to. How they show to how to do an yeah. emergency trachea. I mean, you don't actually. I think do maybe it. I learned no. I think maybe I learned it in Girl Scouts or something. I don't know. How far did you get in Girl Scouts? Not very. So what did you, did you get kicked out or what? No, I just wasn't for me. I was busy doing other things. Yeah. Mm. Where was that? In Maryland. What part? Maryland. Chris comes from Maryland as well. Oh yeah. What, oh yeah. What part of Maryland? Are you from? Um, I'm. I did a lot of my growing up in the D.C. area in Silver Spring, but um, I also am kind of. I, I'm from Western Maryland originally, Cumberland Valley, and then Frederick County. My mom lives. That sounds about, rural. Yeah, it's rural. What my mom's about from Baltimore, mom? so okay. We're so from kind of all over. My mom lives about a mile as the crow flies from Camp David. How'd you get into country music? I grew up with a lot of bluegrass music, not really considering that country music at all. Mm. And in the country, I didn't really listen to country music. It kind of came to it through rockabilly. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit later on, like late teens, kind of early 20s, I discovered Carl Perkins and, you know, just some of that old rockabilly stuff. I thought it was kind of a cool scene. I was in the swing scene as well and mm-hmm. liked to dance. And then I realized that that stuff is actually country music. You know, a yeah. lot of that stuff, Johnny Cash and all of that. Were so. you singing all this time? Uh, yeah, I grew up singing. My mom is a musician. My dad's a musician. Um, what do they play? My dad plays the piano and the organ, and my mom plays the guitar and the piano and the organ. And They're she professional was a professional musician. My mother is not a... Pr- no, neither of them are. Uh, my mother uh, is a choir director and uh, organist for church and teaches music. Um, and my father is a... Is a uh, physicist a physicist oh you know yes. just a physicist yeah <laughs> an optical physicist 
Yeah. Well, I haven't got a clue what that is. Anybody Whoa, know it? He plays with lasers and studies optics. Wow. He, oh. he's, he's one of the guys who was on the team. You can thank him for your uh, liquid scans at the airport. That's optics. Really? Oh. Oh, okay. wow. What do you mean? I, you can't, they don't even scan anything. They, you take it out of your bag. Yeah, they scan them, though. They you mean he invented that? The detection. That? No, he was on, well, he's on the team that developed the technology, yeah. To x-ray liquids at an airport. And okay, yes. see, so And they know what's in them now. Yes. It's amazing, because I was on a cruise ship, and they, they knew which bottles of liquid had. You went on a cruise ship? I, I did. Did you? <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a country music uh, <laughs> cruise. Oh, was it? Cool. The, yeah. Who was playing? Anybody? The, you know, the guy, uh, Blake Shelton, it was him and his wife, and uh, oh, cool. country people, but... Do you yeah. win tickets or? Uh, uh, you know, through a music industry kind of thing. Perfect. It was it was leaving out, out of Miami and I was in Miami that day and they called me and like there was an extra cabin or whatever. So I jumped See, on. See, that's Christian. He will do that. That's no fun. preparation whatsoever. They call me on the day. I got on the cruise ship and then Good man. I'm at sea with a bunch of country musicians. It's my first time. But I, I was with Blake Shelton's manager, whose name I won't say because I'm sure he has lots of managers. At a at a stop, a bar stop, right? And uh, we were, it was like three for one at this little bar in Trinidad or wherever we were. And once I order a drink, I have to finish it, right? I can't leave it on the bar. Of course. No. So Alcohol I, abuse. I put, yeah. I put it into a, a go um, a a, a, an empty tonic water bottle or something like that. And I also had like a, co- a Diet Coke or something for somebody, somebody else. And they knew which one from the scan had alcohol in it. Oh, wow. And which was the real thing, just but from the scan. Wow. They just, they just lifted it out of my bag and go, hmm. And no I went, booze. I went, really? Wow. I went, yep. <laughs> and we can thank doc, Dr. Yeah. Neiman so for that. So you owe me a drink. It's actually yeah. Dr. Maccabee. Dr. Dr. Maccabee. Dr. Maccabee. Oh. How did he, did you, is Neiman your married name to somebody else, or you changed it or It's what? a very complicated yeah. story. Well, we had another 40-odd <laughs> minutes. What happened? You start off playing um, rugby? Uh, Neiman is my, is my birth father's name. Um, and Bruce, Dr. Bruce McAbee is my stepfather, but he's been my dad for my whole life, basically. Okay. What happened to Mr. McAbee? Uh, to Dr. McAbee? No, Dr. Bruce. Which one's which? Oh, uh, my birth father? Yeah. Um, he's doctor, he's, he's been long gone. Is he Neiman or McAbee? No, I'm lost. Neiman. Neiman. Uh, Neiman is your birth father. Yeah, yeah. And he, you don't even hardly know him at all? Nope. Okay. That's funny because they're both really super like German Jewish names. Well, Maccabee is interesting. Um, I think they were actually um, Scottish. Scottish name. That's a Scottish name. They Scottish, but what? they came. But they came over. It's um, a different to Mac, I think. Well, they came over to the United States that and they changed it to, to Maccabee, which is like the Maccabeus family, which are the founders of the Jewish religion. Right. So all my Jewish friends growing up thought that was super weird that my last name was Maccabee and I wasn't Jewish. Hmm. Well, uh, it's very and strange. then Neiman <laughs> is uh, German. Neiman is German. It means no man. Okay. Wow. What a heritage. So do you see your parents much? You know, I don't see them as much as I would like to. So every time you see them, I assume you've got another tattoo. Um, You know, it's been about uh, my newest tattoo I got um, recently, but I hadn't had one for seven years. So you took seven years off. You've got a lot of tattoos. But every time I go home, they say, that's your last one, right? Oh, what do they think? What do they think when you got your first one? What was your first one? My first one was on my 18th birthday. It was a butterfly on my belly. Okay. They didn't see that initially then, I assume. No, it took a little while. But my mom is pretty... My mom and dad are both pretty open-minded. So, okay. okay. They don't get on you about it, other than you're not, not going to get another one, are you? Not really so much. They don't get on to me. My well, mom got a little tattoo with me nice. when she came down here to New Orleans. See well, what she happens. She, yeah. got, she got <laughs> plastered? 
no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you got a tattoo like the we rest of us? We just went and got a little tattoo. What'd she get? We got little matching butterflies. Awesome. Little matching uh, okay. butterflies. So what did she, let's go over some of your favorite ones. <laughs> what are they? It's a beautiful, like a bird. It's like yeah, a peacock. A beautiful peacock done by an English, um, an English tattooist named Andy Barber. And um, I have a tattoo for my grandmother up here on my shoulder. Right. She didn't do it. It's of your grandmother. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, for my grandmother, okay. not by my grandmother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my grandmother was <laughs> well, one of the ones who was very old school old and not Scottish very tattooist. into. Yeah. So yeah. One of the original Ma- Maccabee tattooists. Yes. But I have a lot of, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of tattoos for friends and family. and Things that nice. each one means something to you. Yes. Rather yes. than just. Art. It's actually got a significance. Yes, very much so. I think they're very empowering, you know. Yeah. And boy, we're talking about dermatology. We have the dermatologist sitting over here going, hmm. You do tattoo removal over there, to too. take those off right now. <laughs> yeah. I do remove. You could be put I'm as kids through college <laughs> if you had to take all those off. I actually don't have the device to do that. I, I'm trained to do it, but no, I, I don't do any tattoo removal at my current location. I, I'm pretty open-minded, so I, I think, you know. How difficult is it to get them off? They they hurt a lot more to get off than to put on mm. from what I've heard. That's what I've heard too. Really, mm. um, they're very painful. The the what? description that a lot of my tattoo patients back when I was doing that kind of work would tell me is: imagine somebody standing at the ceiling with a rubber band, <laughs> and then they would wow. release it. But imagine a thousand of them hitting you at once, and that's just one pulse. Huh. And it's, it, it's laser removal, right? It, so it's it like pop, 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 yes. pop. It sounds really painful. Well, your dad painful. could yeah. do it. Well, <laughs> hey, if he, he ever developed the technology yeah, for that yeah. as well. Whoever does that is going to If he be wanted to go back to, to, to college at 71, I would say well. that would be. Is he still working as a physicist? No, he actually, um, oh gosh, we're going to get into this now, aren't we? We're talking about my dad. Yeah. Um, no, my dad is retired. He worked for the Navy for a long time. and um, But he is one of the um, world-renowned ufologist, which is a UFO researcher. Whoa. He's We've on been TV here all the time. <laughs> yes. We so we need, back. A, we need an extra hour <laughs> for this yeah, show. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, we'll be right back. Yeah, if you. But if anybody's interested to check yes, out more about my dad, yes, of course we're interested. He has a website. Mm. It's called brumac.8k.com. Okay. So, um, how crazy is he, really? <laughs> my dad is a pretty is a pretty um, is a pretty wild guy. I think anybody who's really smart like that is very eccentric. Okay. And but he's, he's one a of trained physicist. Yes. He's had a successful career, and he believes that there's aliens. Well, I... So he, we he have, does, you have he, to believe him, you mean. He, um, until he saw, had his own sighting, he actually didn't believe. People, because he's an optical physicist, people would send him video and, uh, uh, video and photographs from all over the world, starting back in, like, the late 60s and early 70s. Just because he's an optical physicist, people would send him video and photos of UFOs. What's yes, the connection? To study, to you know, ah, okay. to debunk or to ah. tell them whether what it was. Okay. And so what that's was what he does. And what was his feeling during those days that it, it wasn't true? That he could he could explain he's away. He's a scientist, so unless he's right. seen it himself, okay, you so know, what he did doesn't he s- believe. What did he see then? Um, I think he was in Florida, and he had his own sighting of something that it's he couldn't always in Florida. explain. Yeah. I know. They're down there in Gulf Breeze, apparently. That's where he was, Gulf Breeze. Okay, so what happened, <laughs> really? Did he get abducted or anything? No, no, no. Well, what did he see? Um, you know, I don't, I don't, you'd have to ask him. Well, I'm sure you know we're happy. going to now. I'm sure he'd be happy to <laughs> talk to Unidentified Florida objects. He loves to but talk about UFOs. UFO, unidentified Florida <laughs> Yes. So you yeah. never actually asked him what he saw all these years when he's been talking about UFOs? 
Is that even possibly believable? It's in his books. I just can't recall. It's been a while since I've read his What did you think you'd remember books. that? Sort you of know, thing? and that's the thing is, like, I think I grew up with it. I'm not really as interested in the UFO, like, craze as much as other people. Uh, to me, it's kind of like, well, there's obviously something else out there, but... You know, know, are they little green men? Who knows? I think I well, your father, apparently. That's <laughs> <the> <laughs> that would be a good place to start. Yeah, I think yeah. you mentioned that you wanted to sing a song um, that might you might be able to dedicate to him about this uh, UFO <laughs> thing. Yeah, right. Um, okay, let's do it. Well, should I sing something? Yeah. Andrew, what do you think? I think what? she, <laughs> she, she what? said she was going to sing crazy, so I thought she could oh. sing that to her <laughs> father. <laughs> I actually changed my mind. I think I might sing it. Cool. Sing a different song than right. that. I was going to sing Crazy, but then I thought, well, I should probably sing something off of the new album. Okay. And I'll do that, and then um, maybe Andrew will join me for another one sure a thing. little bit later. Um, so uh, I'm going to do a song off of our new album. The album's called Last to Leave, and this song um, is called To Make Amends. I'm just going to do it a cappella. Wow, okay. Uh, yeah? yeah? Is that okay? Awesome. awesome. Yes. Right. Okay, so... <clears throat> All these sleepless nights All these days and weeks All this toil and strife All this love that we seek How does it all add up? How does it all fit in To this crazy life? How do I begin to make amends for hearts that got broken, dreams not come true, hearts that got broken, and my heart is aching for you. What did you want to be when you were just a child? Do you even know? What your heart desired Did you fall in love? Did you break his heart? Was it worth your while? How do we begin To make amends for Hearts that got broken Dreams not come true Hearts that got broken and my heart is aching for you to make amends for broken hearts. Dreams not come true, hearts that got broken. And my heart is aching for you. Yes, my heart is aching for you. Wow. <laughs> that takes a certain amount of courage to be able to sit there and do that too. Yes, Thank indeed. You. Doesn't that, Andrew, wouldn't you yeah. think as a performer, isn't that difficult to do? Totally. Yeah, the acapella thing, it's awesome. I think that's the first time I've ever sung that acapella. So awesome. thank you guys for listening. Oh, I appreciate that was wow. beautiful. That's it's amazing. It's in an intimate environment yeah. like that too, mm. you know? Yeah. I would be. Are you nervous doing that sort of thing? I always shake and shiver a little bit before I start, but then like in small groups, it's more... 
normally as soon as I start to sing with the band live on stage, it's like, yeah, and then the adrenaline takes <laughs> yeah. over. In a small group, like I get like really nervous singing around my family. Mm-hmm. Or just in a small, small group of people, it's nerve-wracking. Yeah. Well, if you listen to this and you don't know what's going on here, you listen to this on, a, you know, <laughs> on an iPhone or something, and, and if you go to our website, it's neworleans.com, and take a look at where we're sitting. We're sitting around a tiny little table, and we're literally all shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. That is incredibly close quarters to be able to just let yep. rip like that. And it's pretty you. intense, though, yeah. in the audience as well, right? It's more intense than yeah. having being part of a big audience at a stage with a yeah. proper... You got sure. someone yeah. looking right at you saying, yeah, when she's you right there, it's like you, you you're like get kind of goosebumps and it is intense. Looking right at you saying, Did you fall in love? Did you break her heart? His heart. As an I think, you know, as an audience member too, when that you know, it's a very intense for me it's an intense experience too. I feel that for sure. Mm. So mm. I had chills. Cool, I felt like you were singing directly to me. Well she was singing directly yeah. to you right <laughs> <away. laughs> three feet across the, lyrics, the table. The lyrics, <laughs> too, you've been, you've the been married for a long time, so you didn't break anyone's heart for years, right? No, I'm I haven't. It says in the bio of you that I read that, that you met your husband 20 years ago, but you didn't know it. I didn't at the time. But, yeah, he's totally my soulmate. What, what happened in the first time that you didn't recognize it? No, you know what? Ironically or not, I think I recognize it, but it's a long story. But we were both involved in relationships. Right. And so he was a very, a very good friend. And then you don't want to wreck that. So when that opportunity came, it was just like trying to weigh whether or not should we take this chance. And, and screw it all up by having sex, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> was that the decision you were trying to? <laughs> no, just losing that, that close bond as friends. Well, how would you lose it by well, if, if the being in love with each other? Well, if the relationship went south, because you don't know. Yeah, one in the hand is yeah. worth more. Yeah. Yeah, he no, was really, really a good friend. Well, how do you friend. make that decision? You just have to take a chance, and that's what I decided to do. I kept going on and on and on, and my sister said, this is the one. You know, mm. I kept saying what I wanted, and right. I wasn't happy. She said, because you are with the person you're supposed to be with, but you're friends with them. So. And what did he think about that? Was he trying to come on to you all this time? Like, no, he hey, wasn't. Hey, come on, let's do no. it one time. No. What, could, what could be so wrong? No, he wasn't. He wasn't. So he's a real gentleman. He really is. Yeah. He's a class act. He really so is. What, what was I the got com- lucky. What was the conversation like when you just both decided? Because <laughs> normally it kind of just sort of happens. And you wake up in the morning was and you there go, alcohol what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually have a, like a conversation about should we really go for it and take a chance? And listen, we've been such great friends. And then we're going to change everything tomorrow morning starting at like 6 o'clock. We're going to be in love with each other? We, we, well, when you say we had a conversation, I had the conversation because that was my concern. Because well, you're a like, girl because guys don't want to talk about yeah, crap like well, that. Well, he's not so thinking about that. He's just like, let's just go with okay, it. Okay, so what was the conversation? What did you say? How'd, oh, you, br- how'd you bring it up? I bet you do. No, I don't remember the specific conversation. Money on it that you still remember that. <laughs> I can hypnotize you. Right I do now. not recall. <laughs> I've always wanted to be hypnotized. Have you? I really. It's, it's really? Why? My, it's on my to do list because I don't know. I'm one of these people like I, I see it and I, I think I want it to happen to me so I can really believe that it works. I'm fascinated by that. What is it about that fascinates you? That getting in touch with your subconscious? Well, yeah, just to have somebody be able to, you know, extract information from me and me not be aware that I'm doing it and then I wake up but I want to be videotaped because I need to okay. see it. Mm-hmm. So you want to have the filter taken away so that you can tell the truth and all the real truth come out. Mm. No, I'm just, I'm curious about it. I just, whenever I see it, I think that's a really cool thing to be able to do. And I, I would love to have it You could happen. go to a hypnotist, couldn't you? Well, I'm sure, yeah. Well, that's I'm on sure. your to-do list. What else is, is on the list? Oh, a lot of crazy things. Okay. Yeah, skydiving. Uh, okay. Yeah, I that's, want to skydive. That's not impossible to do? No. 
No, th- these things are not impossible. It's you just can be hypnotized and skydiving. <laughs> oh, I don't think I want to do them together. <laughs> no, that doesn't that sound dangerous. Like, yeah, that sounds like a good combination. The hypnotist yeah. could tell you that you're a bird. <laughs> you could jump yeah. out of the plane. The hypnodive. Yeah. Using your using Another your good s- name for the skin clinic. The hypnodive. Hi- hypnodive center <laughs> also works. Yes. Right. Uh, so anyway, there you were working at Whitney Bank, and you met this guy Darren, is his name, right? Actually, I was at Whitney Bank, yeah. and I knew Darren before I started working at Whitney, and I got oh. him on at Whitney Bank. Oh, you got him a job. At I got him a job. Okay. Yeah. And he was a vault teller, and I worked in personnel. And I did that for a while, and, you know, it was a Monday through Friday job. And, you know, on the outsides, everybody was like, oh, that's the best job ever. Really? Working in the bank? Yeah. No, because that's you have not the best benefits. Job and you're, yeah. It sounds hard. Around lots of money. Yeah. You get holidays <laughs> that nobody else knows about. You're not making lots about. of money, though. You're not making <laughs> lots of money. But you're close to it. Yeah. President's Day off. Darren was actually closer <laughs> to the money. Darren was closer to the money Darren, than I was. Yeah, he was yeah. counting. So, he was counting. Okay, so you... You realize that was boring as all hell. You joined the army. What did you do? You drove a truck. Where, what w- country were you in? Uh, well, I did my uh, military training in Fort Dix, New Jersey. And from there, I went to Frankfurt, Germany. And my MOS was a truck driver. What's MOS stand for? Um, it's your military operational service. And so military that's what I did. Service. Yeah. So that's okay. what I did. And you I drove a truck in Germany. It was fun. What side do they drive on? Oh, my God. Same it's, side? I, drove, I got a chance to drive on Audubon, which is really cool. You can go as fast as you want, as, right? Well, you have to. They'll run you over. You really do. But What are you driving? Like a big military? Uh, yes. Humvees. What do, they, what do they think of a military person in, from the United States in Germany? What's your... What, are you like cool or... An, not cool. Not cool. Not cool. No. Wow. Not really. Yeah, they're not. I mean, it's well. I don't want to say they didn't like service people, but I mean, I guess it's why like, not. You can say it if it's true. No, because I don't want to put everybody into that category. That's not. That's the generalization. Every German. Yeah. Well, no, that's you not couldn't what I mean. say that everybody yeah, 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 in Germany yeah. hates you, but do they? No, they didn't. They didn't. What percentage of them hated you? No, nobody hated me. <laughs> what, what, what was that? What, what year was this? Um, this was in '91. Because it makes a big difference, you know, whether it was pre-Soviet, yeah. you, know, ah. you know, after the wall came down and all that. Well, who remembers when that was? When that, when after was that, that, I mean, I can definitely see the, uh, more of a mm. negative really? bias towards the servicemen over there because they're very Why? pacifist now, yeah. you know, the Germans. Are they? But sure. it, was, it was a fun time in my life. I got to travel and do things. And you didn't and have to go to Iraq or Afghanistan. That was before all that, was it? Yeah, well, the Gulf when War did, officially when did we start was invading in, people in over there? 92. So you got out before that? No, I was still Hang in. On. You were still in? Mm-hmm. So how come they didn't send you to Iraq or mm-hmm. Afghanistan I or something horrible? Lucky. I didn't have to go. Yeah. So what do you do, driving a truck around Germany? How bad could that be? It wasn't bad. It so wasn't bad. So I did that for a little while. I was just there for two years. Yeah. Yeah. And then I came back stateside, and then, you know, I decided that I no longer wanted to be in the military. I started to, you know, see things that I wasn't happy with. In the military. Yeah, it's not easy being a woman, right. being a truck driver, the field that I was in. So mm. I decided to come back home. And Did you fall in love with anybody in the Army? No. That's pretty lonely sort of existence. Did anybody in the Army fall in love with you? <laughs> Big smile. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Who was it? <laughs> no, I mean... Was it a man or a woman? <laughs> I had people that had cared for me, yeah, mm. but it wasn't mutual, so... It wasn't? No. That's awkward when you're working together and you're driving a truck and you're in the same unit and they could kill you. No. They have a gun. No. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that? No. Okay. No. What was it like? Well, no. It's, I mean, you, you grow very close with the people that you're around, but... Yeah. Um, 
you know, it was it was just one of those things. I was already involved with, you know, with Darren, and that's where my heart was. So, How, how does it work when you're in the Army and you decide that you no longer want to be in the Army? You put your two weeks in, or how does it, you know? What is no, that? it's not quite that easy. <laughs> yeah. Right, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were circumstances that allowed me to leave. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. But that sounds like an interesting sentence. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, what yeah. were the circumstances that allowed you to leave? Um, there were some things, like I said, that I wasn't happy about. And but did you have an incident? That it wasn't just one incident. It was just an overall, uh, like was I said. It's like it a sexual harassment type? That. It was, it was a lot of that. It was different. You have wow. to remember. A lot what, of that. What, you have to remember the, the field that I was in. Yeah. I mean, there were like maybe three women total hmm. in my unit. You know, that's just not a lot of, you know, a field where you're going to have a lot of women. So, you know, you have. Well, how many women are there in the Army? It's not 50-50, is it? Well, no, but I'm not so talking it's about. it's always going to be like that, that particular Yeah, but area. that particular area. You know, it's not like I was yeah. working in supply or, you know. So the right. area that I was in, it wasn't a lot of women. So it's just, it made things very complicated. You had people mm-hmm. with notions that you like shouldn't be, yeah, like you shouldn't be doing hazing. this. You know, you're a female. Maybe you should be working in the cafeteria or some wow. other area. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so I got a lot of that and I. Wow. Wanted to leave, so mm. and I did. So they let you go. And yes. now you're working in, the, in a cafeteria of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> a really nice cafeteria. Yeah. yeah, but I don't have to peel potatoes and yeah. you know right. be on. Mesh you get to make martinis. Yes. Christian, yes. we're going to run out of time if we don't do this right now. Christian Unruh, who is a, normally our music director and is a, an entertainment attorney as well, actually has branched mm. out into a whole other field mm. and has invented something in a little. What do you call that? A sachet? A gel pack. A gel pack called Hangover Destroyer. Can I brought one for everybody? Oh, oh my God. Oh, okay. yeah. Who drinks alcohol? Let's doubles. Let's do this. Okay, so you got to test this thing. But you have to wait till cool. you... Till you, you so Christian, yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, tell okay. Um, a long time ago after college, I went to Japan, uh, visited an ex-girlfriend who was dating a sushi chef. He decided he was going to kill me with sake in a nice way. But Better than the sushi knife, at least. Yeah. In the end of the night, he gave me a tea. I couldn't believe how good I felt the next day. For years, I tried to figure out what that was. And recently, started reading some medical reports from Hong Kong and Korea about this Japanese raisin tree. So I connected the dots, ordered some on the Internet, made test products, tested it out at Coachella and South by Southwest, and gave out about 3,000 samples. And... Pretty much. Uh, Didn't kill anybody. Story. Yeah, no. And then uh, this week, Wired magazine on the cover says the end of hangovers, and it's about this chemical. And so the word is out. So nice. I figure I have awesome. like a That's like a three cool. month head start. So here's wow. the thing, Christian. I saw you at South by Southwest, and you gave me one of these, and I still have it because I can't wait to use it. But every time I get blackout drunk, I blackout and forget <laughs> to take it. Do it before. <laughs> just do it before. Take okay. it before. All right. Think of it That's as a just a protective coating for your liver. Fair enough. So you, you can take it before you, you start drinking. You have drinking. to take it. Be- you need to take it before you've had too much alcohol. Oh, Otherwise, so your liver easy. will not catch up. It helps your liver stay on top of, you know, its Okay, well, that's even easy business. because I used to have this stuff in New Zealand. We had a thing called Baraka, which Baraka, is a, yeah, that's a, a mega though. dose. And that's you take that if you come home drunk and you take that, then you wake up in the morning and you feel great. But if you come home plastered and you try and drink this fucking huge thing of pink stuff, you can't get it down. If you can remember to even take yeah, or it. Or you, you're trying, but you can't drink it. You're yeah. like, oh, fuck that. Take, I'd rather have a hangover. Take hangover so destroyer this is before. much better. So you take this before or you during, start. Or during while, you, like, all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, this might, night might get kind of nutty. Let me just take a minute, have a glass of water, take one of these, and then you'll be good for the okay. rest of the night. So what, how much, by volume, how much is that? 
Uh, that's one ounce, basically. It's, it's ounce. 1.1. 1. 1. I put the point 0.1 in there extra because some gets left inside the package, and I want to give everybody the right amount. Okay. Nice. So you take an ounce of the stuff, and you just you rip the top off and just squeeze it into your mouth? Yeah. It's a little, you know, it's, you need a glass of water, really, because ah, okay, it's kind of so like, it it's sweet. It's natural peppermint, but it that, that root, the Jovenia dulcis, the Japanese raisin tree root, is very bitter, so I had to put a little sweetener in there. You don't, so you, ta- you don't mix it with the water. You take it and then you, you drink can, it. You could mix it with the water. But is it a powder? It's a gel. It's a gel, say. like one of those sports gels, you know. But an ounce is surprisingly a lot. Like if you ever, if you're small or like some women, like have to take a break halfway through and take a swallow with water or whatever. What, what is that supposed to mean? Did you hear this guy? <laughs> well, I don't know. Some people have trouble swallowing the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> let's say, let's say, let's say I take this and then I don't get drunk. Then your liver uh, just got a free dose of milk cool. thistle, kudzu, other very okay. hepto-protective pro- uh, things that are good. It actually was designed, the original study done at University of Hong Kong was an, an, for alcoholics to, who had done liver damage. That's they, how they started. That's what they were researching, and then they ac- sort of accidentally found out that it works to sort of kind of sober you up a little bit and relieve the toxins from the alcohol. While you were drinking, so it's actually it actually would be great to do another separate line for people who don't drink anymore. Right. Well, here's a question for you then: If you're drinking and you take this, does it take more alcohol to get drunk, or do you not get as drunk? I would say in, in 40 minutes, if you take that, you will be slightly less drunk. Slightly. I mean, your buzz is, st- but your buzz is still there. That's the thing. It's just that the the GABA receptors in your brain that get messed up with alcohol where you get um, slurred speech and, and uncoordination and all those things will, will, will diminish, but your buzz will not. That's the good part about it, yeah. So it retains all the good parts about being drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and you might wake up in the morning like without um, raging headache. You won't headache. have that headache, no, you won't have That's it. the main thing, I That's think. You will wake up and you'll be like, wait a minute, has it not happened yet? Is it going to happen? And if it takes a little bit more, you know, if it takes my hangover away, I'm okay to switch it into fourth gear or whatever I have to do on the drinking side if I need to do, you know, just pound them to really get that buzz and make sure I don't No, you'll get, you, you know, <laughs> you, you actually, it, I honestly think it kind of enhances your buzz somehow. I don't know Is how, that but right? mm, huh. well, we won't go there, but uh, cool. well, why not? That's interesting. So you, I don't have the, it gets rid of the sort of negativity gets rid of the, the sloppiness and so just in your brain actually kind of seems to work better it's cool. it's, it's interesting yeah. does it work on other drugs like pot and coke and everything like I, that? i've not i've not gone there and have not <laughs> tested Smash, boom, that. <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I mean it's just the alcohol that's what okay. it's because even if i smoke like i sometimes i'll smoke an american spirit or something when i'm you know having a big time out whatever and it, i can still feel that sort of negative Huh. Right, that stuff. Yeah. So it's not an overall right. feel-good thing. Yeah. It's it's particularly for your alcohol. liver and alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did you get all the stuff? You this is like a little package and it's groovy looking. Desi- did you have to design all this and get it made? And yeah, all? you know, there's a whole bunch of people who yeah. do stuff like that. It's how once you, once you how once do you, you just start looking on the internet and find people? Well, actually, uh, I think you know my my brother Anders. I do well, know your brother Anders. Yeah, he yeah. he works in the uh, health food industry for a while with right. um, imp- supplements from. Um, Peru and places like that, like natural berries and nuts. So he already had some contacts for us, so that helped a lot. Let's ask the doctor about this. Is, you must have graduated relatively recently from medical school, right? Somewhat, I guess, yeah. Okay. Before you opened, I mean, you have a medical training. You're a real doctor. Right. No, I graduated medical school in 2008. Lean in a little bit. Sorry, okay, 2008. 2008. Okay, so you've yep. been a doctor for 108 years. That's correct. So, <coughs> so can you, uh, what's your medical, first medical question to question about this? 
to be completely honest, I'm not sure. I, I've, I've seen some studies uh, that were done in more traditional medical journals, but, but not necessarily in particular with this product or any product. That, you know, th- This is kind of out of my realm of expertise. My thought is... Don't worry about that. A, I have two small children, so the next time that I can use this <laughs> is... I don't know when that's going to be, but it's probably not going to be this weekend. Um, but I will, I will keep it handy um, because, surprisingly, children don't really alter their sleep schedules around your hangovers. Um, the last time that oh, that's happened. Are they happened, hungover? No, no. They just, oh. they just wake up at the same time. Like yeah. the, the Dr. John show uh, during Jazz Fest comes to mind. Uh, I spoke to them very seriously at two and four years old, and I said, look, Daddy's going to be getting home very, very late tonight. <laughs> And because mommy's letting daddy go to this, I get to take you to Tasty Donuts tomorrow morning. So if you could please wake up at the 9 to noon hour, that would be great. Um, at 6.30, they oh. were jumping on me without any abandonment. So, you know. Save well, that for the next Dr. Jones show, and you'll thank me. There you go. <laughs> Appreciate it. So what, is the, what is the medical thing about this, Christian? I mean, is, what's the active ingredient? Is it's uh, it's dihyd. Dramycericetin. And what do they D- say? DHM, and it's it's a chemical, and the use the studies the studies are out now. I mean, they've injected rats with it. They've given them alcohol, and then some rats with DHM, some rats without. The ones with with the DHM, the as soon as the you know as soon as they're back on their feet, are going through the maze just as fast as ever. And the other ones are banging their heads on the wall. So I mean, it's a bunch of studies done being done right now. UCLA and University of Hong Kong, University of Korea. So this would be like the FDA approval. Um, it's not really a meta. It's all natural ingredients, so it's not really a medical. You know, it's, it, the Chinese have been using it for a thousand years. But who's injecting it into a rat? UCLA Medical School. Okay. What for? To test it, to see how it how it works on mammals, I guess. So I hired a okay. PhD nutraceutical guy to give me the right dosage based on that medical study for humans, and then we tested it like a thousand wow, times. Wow, this is like super scientific. We've got to send this to your dad, Vanessa. Yeah, he doesn't really drink. He's though. not a big drinker? No. But it sounds like he's a f- good thinker. Yeah, Keith, what's The that? big question is, can you take this on a plane, or will your dad mess that up? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What will, the, will you could laser put it, you say? You could put it in your checked luggage. <laughs> good deal. That's a good point. You couldn't put it in your in your hand luggage. So. I don't know. I think it, it, no, I think I it qualifies because of the, the, the size. Yeah, it, it passes. I oh, carried it on yeah. the yeah. plane. Yeah. It's under, it's under, it's 1.1 ounce. It's under three ounces. Three ounces is a lot, actually. travels all over the place. Everything under three ounces, yeah. right? Four ounces. Four ounces. Four. Four now. Okay, so you can take it on the plane as the outside. Okay, cool. There you go. So, so anyone coming to New Orleans, where would you buy this, Christian? Um, on Amazon and on the website. You know, Amazon.com, so Amazon. Hangover com. Destroyer. What, what do you yeah. search for? Hangover Destroyer? Yeah, Hangover Destroyer. And what's your website? Hangover Destroyer.com? Uh, no, some band in Finland has that and won't give it up. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I was going to say, cool. it kind of sounds like a superhero <laughs> or a <laughs> death metal band. <laughs> it's a death metal band. Yeah, yeah exactly. In Finland. I don't, maybe it's not Finland, but it's a death but metal band. But you know, band. of all the people to have a, an association, you're a music industry guy. Well, yeah, guy. I'm going to work out to deal with them eventually. You need to but you right now sponsor their band, for Christ's sake. Right Hangover now, Destroyer uh, sponsored by, by Hangover Destroyer. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Brought to you by Hangover Destroyer and kept them. for sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, that's actually a pretty good idea. Maybe we'll do a swap. But right now it's just hdestroyer.com for a Hdestroyer.com. Hey, let's come back in a minute when we have got a minute to go. Let's do one more song, Vanessa. Do you, wanna, you and Andrew want to try something? Yeah. Okay. Why not? Let's do it. Andrew, he has this guitar. I'm going to move over and a little bit. Okay. Because I didn't bring a guitar player today or anything, um, Andrew's going to help me out. One will be provided for you. Thank you. <laughs> and a really fabulous one as well, so... That is yet to be seen. Yeah, well, I'm throwing this at you, so we're going to do a little um, Johnny Cash. 
about that. Okay. I walked up that weeping willow, had a cry, cry, cry. Shoking clouds had a cover up a clear blue sky. The tears are crying for that woman, they're gonna flood you, big river. And I'm gonna sit right here until I die. Oh, I met her accidentally up in St. Paul, Minnesota. And it tore me up every time I heard her trouble that southern drop. Well, I heard my queen was back downstream to Vorton in Davenport. And I followed you, big river, when you called. And I thought they'd weep and willow, had a cry, cry, cry. Showed them clouds had a cover up a clear blue sky. Tears of crap for that woman, they're gonna flood you, big river. And I'm gonna sit right here until I die. together for the first time That's ever. That's right. Thank ever. you. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> And a very auspicious uh, time it is because it's the very last minute of our last show here at Casa Borrega. I was going to see if Hugo wanted to come over and say goodbye to us before we leave. Come speak us some words, Hugo. I, I know that, Keith, we didn't even get to talk about skin cancer the whole time we've been here, but we have to have you back, I guess. Sure. Skin cancer is never out of fashion, right? No, it's actually it's the most in. common cancer in the world. Mm. Hugo, did you know that? Come on, take a mic, grab Keith's mic here for a sec, pull up a chair if you. So, hey guys, this has hey, been hey, our host know. for the last what yeah, twelve months. Nice right. It's yeah. been yeah, a nice lot of right. fun over here at Casa Borrego. We started Definitely. off before the place was even open. We watched you open it and I turn know. it into a huge success. Congratulations! Yeah, it was kind of like a little community thing. Now you guys are really big, and I'm growing up too, little baby, you know. Uh, some guys, when they're 50, they have a 21-year-old girlfriend and a tattoo and a, some kind of convertible. I get my restaurant, you know. Or even <laughs> worse, they, they have a baby at 50. I just oh, don't understand no. that, you know. I mean, I have children. I have 28 nieces and nephews and seven sisters, three mothers. The only image of my mom is being pregnant. So I don't want a baby when I'm 50 years old. But the restaurant is fine. Yeah. Fine, it's fine. <laughs> so but this thank is a, you so much. You guys, awesome. You know, all, all, always great people, great personalities, or infamous and no personalities, <laughs> but always, always, always fun. Yeah. You Thanks, know, Chris, you, you, you know, you, you're the best man. 
We've had a yeah. lot of fun here, and you've been a great host, and yeah. you've made yeah. us some awesome cocktails over the last 12 Anytime months as and, well. and you guys go to uh, Ferret Street, right? We're moving on to Ferret Street. Ferret Street, Very, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, we will. Well, hopefully we're going to see you again. Yeah, I hope that you can... Uh, Make cool that uh, that uh, that place is too gentrified now. So it's too gentrified over there. It's too gentrified. Oh, we can we can loosen it up after a week. I What's yeah. gonna happen after that? You're going to the by water. Oh my ah, God! Wow. <laughs> You're going from Morita Castle Hill to what? for it. You might end on Frenchman Street. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Thank you. Good okay. luck, Hugo. Thanks this so much. This is your much. house, Casa Borrega. Thank you, Grant. Yeah, no, Thank right. you. Happy hour. Very nice. Okay, Hugo, thanks. That's Hugo Montero, the proprietor and our host here for the last, I guess, about 12 months at Customer. Can you believe it? We've had a great ride here. Hey, listen, we're out of time. That was happy hour for another uh, another week. Hmm. Can you believe it? We hardly got anywhere, Yolanda. We didn't no, really that's hear. That's okay. Thank you for having me. We, we need a redux of this show. We've got to start <laughs> over and do so another fast. hour. I know. An hour is not enough. It we need to have so happy, happy hours. We need to do that's happy fun. hours. Yeah. Two yeah. for one. Well, thank you very much for joining me, everybody. Yolanda Butler has been my guest on Happy Hour today. So has Keith, Dr. Keith LeBlanc, who's, uh, of course, a proprietor of Captain Fred's Discount Skin <laughs> Surgery. And, and Metairie Christian Unruh is here. It was an exciting day to ha- have you here. And nice. Vanessa Neiman, Mac- or Maccabee Neiman. Yeah. In that order. Otherwise known as Gal Holiday from Gal Holiday and the Honky Tonk Review. Andrew Duhon's been here as well. The producer of our show is Graham DePonte. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director and Joshua Brown is our music coordinator. The theme song that you're currently listening to was written by and is being played by Mitch Foreman. The fabulous audio quality of the show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. For more information about them and their wide range, you like that, Vanessa? Are you a PreSonus person as well? Baton Rouge. Hey, come on, they're from Baton Rouge. You can check them out at PreSonus.com. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about an hour and take the hangover destroyer to stay sober, our address is on our website, itsneworms.com, where you can check out many other happy hour shows as well as our other shows. Out to lunch with Peter Raschuti live from Commander's Palace. Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. True to the Game with Chris True and Tammy Nelson. Vietnam, our show about the Vietnamese community with the Vietnamese Terry Gross, Kim Vu. And Midnight Menu Plus One. With Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada, you can keep up with us on Facebook, on Twitter, and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. And all of it, we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and also on Facebook. These photos are taken by the fabulous, talented, and lovely Douglas Engel. Thank you. Douglas is wearing silver beads today. Every day a different color. If you're listening to this show on iTunes, on Stitcher, or Swell, our favorite podcast app, or another app that you like better, thank you for subscribing to us. Take a moment to rate and review us. That will help other people find us. Our show is recorded live today for the very last time at Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard in Central City, New Orleans. Casa Borrega is a bar. It's a restaurant, and it's a live music venue. Check them out on Facebook or Twitter, or come on down here and check it out for yourself. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Andrew Duhon here at Casa Borrega, everyone around the table, back at our INO office, Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. We'll see you back here next time on Happy Hour.